Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Lewis. Welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast, where we interview underground hip-hop artists, and no matter what, we stay on our hustle. Even breaks are just a different means to a goal. Today's episode features Willie Snipes. Sometimes I need to remind myself that for every effort put in, there is a return. To put it simply, you cannot make a movement without working a few muscles. Now the return might not be obvious, In fact, it's almost easier to describe it as a reverse of the famous Cinderella song, quote, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. When you put energy into something, the true return may not be measurable, but a return is guaranteed, until maybe at some point you realize what you've earned when it comes time to prove it. And I'm a firm believer that when that time comes, if you have put in the time and energy, you will exceed all expectations. And when that happens, maybe you will finally realize without a single doubt that it was all for a purpose. Every single movement was perfect. And when it all came down to it, success was guaranteed. Let's go with Willie Snipes. What is up, everybody? I am here with Willie Snipes. Willie Snipes, how you doing, man? Always good, man. That's that's my motto right there. That's the mode, yeah. Yeah, that's the mode. You ever ask how I'm doing? The response is always the same. Always good. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, bro. Even when you're feeling down, though? Even on your worst days? Yeah, man, because the way I see it, it's all about perspective, right? I could be, you know, there's somebody out there somewhere having the worst day of their life, and it could be worse than what I'm going through. So the way I see it, it's all about perspective, right? You wake up one way, you go down another way. I see what you're saying. When when do you think that this uh, became your way of life? Um, I gotta say, like, I'm two kids in now, right? Yeah, yeah. And they probably like, like forced you to fit that lifestyle as well. Not forced it, but like they were a catalyst for sure. Oh man, big time! Because the way I came up, it's like you know, uh, lions den, right? Like you, yeah, and type thing, right? So as I grew more and experienced more. I went through some things where, like, you know, somebody said the wrong thing to you. Like, all you see is red and you lash out quick, right? No doubt, man. Because you're from, uh, you were born in Queens, New York, right? Yeah, born in Queens, raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. How long were you in Queens before Fort Lauderdale? Uh, we left when I was like three, two, three years uh, old. But okay. We were before always the back memories. And, yeah, we were always back and forth just because we have family there, right? So, Pop stayed in New York. Me, Miles, and my brothers moved down to Florida. And yeah, that's just how it was. It was back and forth. Like we had family in every state from Florida on down. I mean, from New York on down the East Coast. That's wild, bro. I'm not really good at my American uh, geography here. Where, how far is uh, New York and Florida there? Uh, geez, let's see. Like you got between New York and Florida, you got Georgia, you got South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Philadelphia. Oh man, New Jersey. Like so, it's it's not an easy trip. No, nah, it's not an easy trip. But yeah, it's uh, you know, we made it do. We made it happen. Absolutely. Uh, so when I when I hear always good, man, am I hearing that the things that bothered you in like 2003, you wouldn't sweat them today or even back then you just it wasn't a big deal? Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Like things back then that, you know, we used to trip and sweat over. Don't even blink an eye at it now. Like somebody walked over and scuffed my shoes back in the day. Yeah. That was always a problem. Right. And, <laughs> you know, a lot could be said about that for a lot of people. But now, like two kids in like. The way I see it is, like, if you have a problem, here, let me back up. There's two ways you could look at life. 
you know, one, there's things you can take care of, you can fix, and then there's things you can't do nothing about. So the things you can make a change and do something about, do something about it. Otherwise, life's going to be what it is. Man. So by having kids, it, it opened my eyes a little bit more and realizing that now I'm a role model for them. I have to show them that this is how life is. You can't sit back and complain about shit. You want to do something about it. Do something about the things you can change. Otherwise, you know, go for the ride. Man, that's wild. I wish my parents had that mentality. So we're, we're thinking, like, just to, to paint that picture that we've already kind of described here. So back in the day, we'd, we'd get a little bit upset about our shoes scuffed. But now that we've got two kids, it's almost like you expect shit to go sideways every now and then. And if, it, if, if you've got, like, a perfect month, that's probably more impressive. Exactly. Exactly. Because life's funny that way, right? You, you know, we spend so much time growing up. We spend so much time sweating all the all the dumb shit and the shit that's not important that you miss so much of the other stuff that's going on in your life, right? Yeah. So when you can make memories, take the time out to make memories because, you know, life's too short. You don't get no redos. Absolutely, bro. So do you look back on those times that you did trip on things with regret? You know what? I look back on them, but I don't look on, look back on them with regret because the way I see it is the stuff that I've been through, the stuff that me and my brother's been through, it made me who I am today. So if I regretted any of that stuff in the past, who knows what type of person I'd be? Who knows if I'd be this hungry, if I'd be this sure. dude that's, you know, willing to, you know, make something out of nothing. You could drop me in the middle of the ocean and I'll make my waves. That's how I feel. <laughs> and that's like only that. because... I knew what I've been through already, so I want more, right? Yeah. It's easy It's easy to want less if you're given everything growing up, right? But if you had to work for everything you had, if your mom was a single mom, you saw her, you know, a couple times a week because she's working double times just to get you and your two brothers through school and whatnot, you know, you'd be a little more hungry. You'd be a little more ambitious, right? For sure. So, like I said, life's all about perspective. Absolutely, bro. So what that kind of brings the question in my mind, especially because it relates to you, is how do we... Because you're saying that those struggles, those problems, those things that you did sweat, they made you the person that you are today. How do we uh, translate that to our kids? How do we teach that to our young ones? Uh, even though I like, we hope we, they don't have to go through the struggles that we had to go through, right? But how do we teach them the same things that we know effectively without them having to go through that shit? You know, when it comes to the kids and teaching them, trying to raise them different from how we were brought up so that they don't have to go through that. For me, I see it as being more about patience because like even now, my daughter's nine, my son's three, yeah, And some of the stuff they do now, like, you can scold them, you know, as much as you want. But then you look back and you think, you know, I used to do that. And you take a second and laugh about it because sometimes it's just a reminder, you know, seeing them and seeing them what they're doing. It's just a reminder of who you used to be or what you used to do as a kid. So now you just, you just have to take a step back, rewind, you know, catch yourself, take a deep breath, have a little more patience when raising these kids and, you know, time and time again, you'll find yourself repeating yourself just to get it through their heads. And eventually they'll soak it in. <laughs> right. Sometimes, you know, 
they're not going to be perfect. They're going to bump their heads, you know, here and there. But you got to be that person to be there to catch them when they do bump their heads, right? You can't scold them on every little thing because you did the same thing. Sometimes you just have to make them realize, you know, there's cause and effect. You do this, something's going to happen on the other end, right? Gotcha. So it's it's more of like a a strategic and like a there's it's a planned way of teaching versus like how I'm not going to say we were raised the same way because I can't I can only speak for myself, but in a way that we were more raised by the entities outside of of the home. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And do you find that just because of what what my mind goes to is that we were built more by those external entities outside the home. And so I'm the same with you, bro. I don't regret any of this, the struggles or any of the, the things that I went to that weren't ideal because they made me the person that I am today. But do you think that because uh, the kids have it a little bit easier, that it's kind of a shortcut for them, that they might miss some lessons along the way? I I do agree with that. I, I got to say that, like, you know, we were brought up in a time where, you know, to have strict parents, that was in just yeah. about every household, right? Yeah. You didn't get away with this. You didn't get away with that. The street lights come down, well, cut out. You better be in your front yard, you know, chores, like chores every weekend. Like the way kids got it now is most of them don't even know what a chore is. Absolutely. Like you say, you got to go clean the bathroom. Why? Well, because <laughs> I told you to. <laughs> like, you're going to come around the corner later today or later tomorrow. Can we go buy video games? Can we go to 7-Eleven? <laughs> what did you do to earn that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So, uh, like, so that's that's how you do it, eh? Yeah, I find yeah, that. Give and take. It, yeah, it, it is about give and take. And that's just life. Life is about give and take. Like, you want to be successful or whatever it is you do. You got to give the time. You got to take the time. So when I say give the time and take the time, I mean like you, one, got to give the time to your studies. Two, got to take the time out for yourself and realize the things that you need to do to get to where you want to be, right? Because in the game of life, you could grow up in a household where everything's given to you. But once you graduate, say, high school or university and you're on your own, then what? You can't, you know, keep running back to your moms and dads and be like, yo, this person treats me this way. That person told me to take the garbage out. Well, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> outside, of, outside of that wall you call home is a real world. And that real world isn't going to cater to your every begging step. Man, you kind of just blew my mind there. Because what this, this reminds me of like how in our industry with artists, the Every artist wants you wants your attention, right? They're like, yo, come listen to my song. Come listen to my song. Come peep this track. Come peep this video. But very, it's not very often that they give things back in return or, or present value at first, you know? Yeah. It's just ask, ask, ask. So I feel, I feel like that's kind of relating to that. Yeah, oh, most, def, most definitely. Because like, even as an artist coming up in this game, right? Like, I do my part in like, you know, new artists or whatever comes out, drop some music, you know, I'll show love, I'll, you know, leave some comments, listen to your music. Yeah. Check you the try video and give out, as much whatever. as possible. Right? Yeah. And then, like, you know, you put your video out there and those same artists don't show love back. I'm like, well, you know, hey, it's going to be what it is. I'm still going <laughs> to show love. That's good, Because man. at the end of the day, somebody's going to give love back. Yeah. Whether it's from... This artist, that grandmom, somebody, somebody's gonna show love. 
Like, I don't sweat, I don't sweat it because, like, at the end of the day, like I said, you put in the work, you put in the time, it's gonna come back to you one way or another. That's what's real, man. And I'm gonna put this out there. I feel like your time is more valuable when you're giving it to other people. You know what I mean? Because when you ask somebody for something and you're already giving that, like whatever it is, like attention or, or listens, likes, if it comes down to social media comments, et cetera, like that, that's a lot more valuable than someone who's just throwing the asks out left, right, and center to every single person that they come across. Do you know what I mean? Oh, facts. It's just like football. Cause like I grew up playing football. I coach football out here in Airdrie. And it's like this. You got to put in the groundwork. You want to score a touchdown, run the ball. Don't, you know, ask for the ball every handoff. You yeah. put in that effort. You run five yards. You run 10 yards. You run 15 yards. I'm not going to just give you the ball at the goal line for you to just dive in and say, hey, I scored a touchdown. How much work did you put in for that touchdown is my question. I love that, bro. It's not just about the goal. It's about everything that led up to it. Exactly. That's brilliant, man. And uh, you touched on two things there, Airdrie and football. So we talked about you bouncing between uh, New York and uh, Florida, but when did you hit Airdrie? I hit Airdrie back in, uh, I came up for a visit back in 05 for the first time. Okay. And that's when I, <clears throat> that's when I met my wife because she's originally from Calgary. Oh, awesome. And then I moved up here back in 07 and started playing football with the Calgary Dinos. Played no with them way. for two years. That's amazing, dude. And yeah. So, yeah, I've been up here for a minute now. Oh, that's wild. Okay. So, you're so about 14 years then. Yeah. You've been living here. I get I, it's my understanding that from your music, that you were also bouncing back between Canada and the States. Correct. Is, is there a reason for that? Yeah. So, like, I've been, I started DJing back in 99 yeah. down in Florida, right? And then I didn't touch a pad or mic you know, for recording. I've never been in the studio until I want to say maybe 2005 when I came up for a visit. So while I was up here for a visit, I ran to this dude, Chris LaBelle, and he's pretty known around Calgary also, a little comedian, worked in the music side for a little bit. And he had a studio out in uh, Chestermere. Well, the way I met Chris was at the end of the day, some days I'd go to this little gym off of 32nd, called World Gym, and I'd be working out. Sometimes he'd be there working out. One day we just bumped heads and we just started talking and started talking about music. Told him I was from Florida and this, and that, and the other. And he told me about his studio he has in Chesmere. He's like, yo, you should come out one day. We'll chop it up and let you get a feel and a vibe for it. So uh, I did. I held him up on his offer. Yeah, in what regard, what did he expect you to do? Like lay down some bars or... Oh, well, he knew I was from Florida. He knew Florida was a big music scene. Okay, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, he wanted me to just check it out, see okay. if it's something I'd be interested in yeah, you know, yeah. helping out with because I brought different ideas to the table when it came to sound. Interesting. All right, so one night I met up with him at a studio and uh, he and this other artist were currently recording a song and trying to finish that up. Meanwhile, while I'm there listening... I pick up a pencil, I pick up a notebook paper, I start writing. By the end of their recording session, he was like, so what'd you think of it? Like, I thought it sounded dope, but, you know, I got something else here too if you want to give it a shout, give it a try. <laughs> so it was like, all right, you want to jump in the studio, go for it. So that was my first time in the studio back in 05. Oh man, that's wild. After, yeah, after recording that song, they ditched their current project and had me run with it and boom. That that was my first time in the studio. 
No way. That's epic, dude. How long before had you been like writing or interested in in dropping down some vocals? Well, before that, I had no interest. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna lie, because like growing yeah. up, growing up, it was always my little brother. He was always the one big into you know freestyle, freestyle battles. Yeah. Like growing up, we called him Lil Lil Onyx because like he had the the skin tone. He was like real raw with it, rough cut. <laughs> like, you, you remember, I was like, slam. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was that dude. And even to now, he still goes hard on freestyles. Like me, I'm not a big freestyler. I'm more of a, a deep thought writer. So everything I write is more strategically placed. Yeah, right? I know what you mean. So like like I said, yeah, I had no, no interest in, you know, recording. But then when I did record it, it was like having a piece of candy for your first time. It was like, oh, this tastes good. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It never quite hits like the first time. Actually, with music, I feel like music is one of those things where it does hit like the first time. Because when you drop that bar, you just like vocalize perfectly. It does feel like that, that, like that candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so so this first time hitting the studio in 05 were you already DJing at this point uh, no, well back in Florida I was up here I uh, wasn't yet because like yeah. I was just visiting right so after that first time up you know recording you know we started talking about more opportunities of recording more and then I ended up getting a laptop and you know getting one of these little studio programs from Best Buy. It was one of those cheap music maker things. Yeah, yeah. And I set up a little spot in the corner of my basement. It was really just a mic stand, uh, a uh, a stage mic, like it was probably 15 bucks, yeah. 15 bucks for the microphone. And I got a little muffler to put on it. You know, Bro, I can only imagine really... from 15 years ago. It was so raw. It was <laughs> like... The way I rigged that thing up and made it work, it was it was awesome. Like I'm, I find myself to be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to certain things, especially when it comes to that, because I feel that you know when you put that out there, people are gonna be listening to it, and right away you're gonna know if your product is garbage or what, right? For sure. So you want to spend a little more time on your craft because at the end of the day, that's that's your name on it, right? And then yeah. so. Maybe two, two or three songs in the recording, I start getting, you know, put on for gigs. And this was like before I went back to Florida. <laughs> no way. So, yeah. So, like between 05 and 07, I was back and forth between here and Florida a lot, just, you know, going back to take care of business down there, coming back up here to visit my now wife and her family and whatnot. And, you know, just, keeping the community communication going and stuff like that. So then when I go down to Florida, you know, I chop it up with my guys down there. We do some recordings down there as well. And it's like, you know, it all started to, you know, coagulate, right? Yeah. It all started to come together by itself. Absolutely, bro. And so tell me more about Corner Boy Music as a whole. So Corner Boy Music, uh, it officially launched back in uh, January 2012. Okay as more of a, a indie type label so you know being on the scene in calgary for some time every year i'd always hear the same at every show from different artists oh this is gonna be my year this is gonna be my year this is gonna be my year and you know i don't want to be that artist singing the same song so what i did was 
to make myself more relevant on the scene here was I took my artistry. I continued to work on my artistry. But at the same time, I went into more of the marketing side of things. So now I'm printing and pressing different artists' CDs, printing T-shirts and merchandise for artists so that when they have their live shows or performances or go on their tours, they have CDs printed and pressed. They have T-shirts ready to go. They have business cards. They have this, they have that, right? So I made, I created something that was more than just an artistry. It was a company of business. So now as an artist, you know, I do all my, you know, my recordings because now I have a studio in Airdrie as well. So I do, you know, recording sessions for artists here. I do my own recording sessions for artists here. Um, Still do the CD print and press. So it's not just slapping a sticker on a CD and off you go. (laughs) It's actually quality work because I feel, you know, I'm really the only other one in Calgary doing this, right? So every, and I can tell you like, there's three parts of the year where artists come out the woodwork ready to print CDs for this next coming season. So, you know, I have that going on the DJ side of things. I still DJ up here. So now I DJ more private and corporate events. I don't do the the club scene because I find, you know, the way I do it is more personal. There's a little more money involved. And you really reach out to a lot of different people, a lot of different uh, corporations and stuff like that too, right? So with the DJ, I DJ, like I said, corporate events, private events, weddings, house parties, you name it. And then now I also have two other DJs under me. So if I'm booked up and somebody needs an event DJed, well, now I have these other two DJs that can take that load also. So we keep it in the circle. That's awesome, dude. How long have you uh, had the crew with you rolling on the DJ? Uh, uh, this crew, I've had going for a good, I want to say five, six years now. Oh, and man, like, that's it, a minute. Yeah, so it's been it's been going really good. It's been going really good. Taking a quick break, we're going to listen to a track by Willie Snipes featuring A. Patrice. This one is called Survivor. Enjoy. Corner Boy Music Snipes Been training my whole life for this Sticking to a code You can't put that on no shopping list Back and forth with my thoughts like I play for the bucks Share my feelings on this beat so I don't get crossed up Let me tell you about some things that I did in the past When I think about my past I just sit back and laugh Crystal transactions when I work Nikki Beach Spent a lot of overtime swapping bottles with Pete Racing through the streets, some whips more hotter than me I had a fetish for that ass, booty shaped like a peach Pops was around, so the field was my father figure Fucking with the 40, only made a shorty hard get bigger Banging on the corner of 4211 Till Tay got hit Wonder if he went to heaven Was a hungry motherfucker with nothing to lose So every time I stepped out, had to wipe my shoes Fresher than a clean fade, had a license too That black card have a nigga started fights in school Lyrically inclined, 
recline my seat back Kick my feet up on the desk Them yams, I need that black I've been standing in this fire Letting go of things I can't control Feels like I'm boxing with a giant And the struggle's been my cornerstone All of the setbacks and letdowns They just minor Cause hey, I'm still here Determination, that's a solid word to live by Prince shocked the world the night he made doves cry Came from the ground, so this vision's from my third eye Come from my crown, I put you down like a dog I let a few tears over the years, now I'm switching gears Stayed in my lane, throughout the pain till I made a name Wonder how I made it through this game called life when the leftover shoes ever serve you right I keep a Jesus peace on so I don't walk too light The people need me now so I don't have to live that life Know some hitters from my hood but the boys don't play though A beacon in the night like Coach J's halo I've been standing in this fire Letting go of things I can't control Feels like I'm boxing with a giant And the struggle's been my Cornerstone, all the setbacks and letdowns, they just minor. Cause hey, I'm still here and living a survivor. these talents that you've picked up you've you've essentially and effectively monetized them turned them into businesses where do you see the most overlap and benefit and like crossover because like you were saying with your djing you get to you get to network and find people that are interested in your industry um where has it benefited you the most in terms of overlap uh in terms of overlap like i find that uh you know the company pays for itself, really, right? So oh, absolutely, yeah. If I if I need equipment, well, it's already paid for because of that last event I DJ last week, saying. right? Yeah. Yeah. So even when it comes to like, say, the marketing side of things for being a performer, now you know it's one of those things where you know when you're performing at Dickens Pub, you know the producer or whoever's putting on a show wants you to sell twenty tickets for you to perform on stage. Right. Well, now that's already self-paid for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can just hand those tickets off to, you know, my friends, my family, whoever wants to come out and have a good time. And me not have to worry about, you know, breaking myself to try and get these tickets sold because I've built a network outside of just performing. Right. Yeah. And then like like even a Friday night. I had uh, one of my DJs, DJ Relic, come out and DJ a set for me because I was invited to perform at this event called uh, Airdrie Food for Thought. So it was pretty much a way to get people out of their homes after the pandemic in Airdrie. And it was at this uh, Nose Hill, was it Nose Creek Regional Park Amphitheater, outdoor amphitheater. It was awesome. And uh, what happened was like, all right, so see, now I'm going back a little bit. No, like, it's awesome. I love it. I want to say two, maybe two, two, three years ago, right before the pandemic hit, um, I was at this park for a photo shoot. 
And it was for a friend of mine. He had just gotten married. And we went to this park, did a photo shoot and whatnot. Were you shooting? No, I wasn't shooting. I was in the wedding party. Oh, okay, okay. But, you know, while we were on that stage, that amphitheater stage, I was like, you know, one of these days, I'm going to perform on the stage. (laughs) And then Friday night, I actually performed on that stage. That's hilarious. It, It was awesome. But, like, with that... I was able to bring, I didn't have to hire another DJ outside of anywhere. I didn't have to rely on a sound crew. You know, I brought my own DJ. So now whenever I do performances, I have that ability to produce my own team, like get them out there, get them recognition while putting myself out there also. For sure. I love that, man. It all just works together cohesively. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question at all. I'd say but. so. <laughs> no, but it's way- it's brilliant because essentially, uh, Corner Boy Music Entertainment there it funds if not if it's like the central hub for many operations. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the hub of everything I do when it comes to music. Like even on the fitness side, like I have a fitness side where I personal train people because I've I've been a personal trainer for just over 15 years. Man, you've been busy. Yeah. And before I got onto the fire department, I was personal trainer for another company in downtown Calgary for 10 and a half years. So outside of that, I also had CBME athletics. So what CBME athletics was, was, you know, private personal training. I'd either, you know, come to your house and train you at your place, or if your kids needed training for a particular sport, I did speed and agility training as well. Right. Because I had that speed and agility background. Yeah. So through football. Yeah. So through football and personal training. So like, yeah, yeah. Even now still doing the training on the side and man. You know, so you're wild. Yeah. So CBME, Corner Boy Music Entertainment, the model is more than a hustle because essentially it's not just, you know, being a performer. It's not just being a DJ. It's not just being a marketer. It's not just being a personal trainer. It's about being a corporation, really. As an individual? Pretty much. That's wild, bro. In in like a given day or week, probably actually in a month, what how do you percentage off your time? You know, I've always been the type to say at the end of the day, money don't sleep. So why should I? Yo. Because the way I see it is when the kids are up and awake and wanting to play, it's their time. My wife wants to, you know, go out and do something, it's her time. But when they're in school, when they're sleeping or when they're tied up in their own stuff, that's when I take care of my business. And it's usually 110% that goes into it, right? So, So the wife and kids get any amount of time that they want when they're available for it. Yep. Yep. Because at the end of the day, you know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be me also. Right. So you can't, you know, you start, you start a business, you start a company, you can't put family to the back burner because they are the biggest part of that building block. Right. Absolutely, man. That's, uh, that's something that I'm trying to like understand in my brain a little bit more. And I feel like I'm coming to this understanding, but, uh, when I feel as though there's something that I might be doing better with my time when I'm chilling with family, Mm-hmm. I feel like I got to combat that thought because it's so incorrect because the time I spend with my family is not only building myself as an individual, but it's uh, it's learning more about about them and the world and, and stuff in general like that. You know what I mean? So 
I oh, need yeah. to get I need to understand that better for myself for sure. Big time because like at the end of the day, when it comes to family, that's that's a lot of time you don't get back, right? So you don't want to sure. miss a moment. And sometimes they might inspire you to do more when it comes to your craft or your business. They for might, real. you know, just hanging out with them, you might come across a new idea. Hmm. Right. So it's just one of those things. Man. So you brought up sleep, bro. How 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 many hours you get a night? Ha, I've never been one to keep track of sleep, right? Oh, so like dude, my, so it's different every time. Yeah, so when I got into the fire department, like, the first thing they said was, like, you could be at a busy hall and not get no sleep. Well, I'm used to that. <laughs> Man. So, like, do you, when do you put yourself to bed? Or do you just, like, kind of section it off and do it whenever? Or do you just do it when you're tired? When do you wake up? Do you have an alarm? Do you just wake up when this, when you wake up? Or... How do you manage it? So when it comes to like the waking up side of things, if I, it's usually by alarm because most of the times I have something scheduled right away. For yeah, the morning, for right? sure. Because like sometimes before shift, my shift starts at 7, 7.30. And sometimes I have a, a client to train at 5.45, right? So I, I do that. Like I set the alarm clock for when I need to be up. Gives me time to prepare myself for my day. And then, like, when it comes to sleep, like, if I don't have anything business-wise pressing, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm home, the wife wants to go to bed, we'll hop in bed, watch some TV, and fall asleep. That's if I don't have anything pressing. Otherwise, yeah, if I do have some business I need to take care of, I'll spend time with her in bed. As soon as she nods off, you know, cut the TV off, down to the studio I go. Man. You're a machine. How do you deal with uh, like wakefulness and alertness? I want to say it's just one of those things I've been brought up with because like I've always been the type to go, 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 go. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when it comes to sleep, I don't say I deprive myself of sleep as some would say, but if I feel like I need to take a quick nap, I'll take a quick nap. Right. I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. A sleep deprivation. But if I need to get something done, I'm going to get something done and then take that nap also. For real. And when you say a quick nap, am I ta- am I hearing like five minutes, half an hour, two hours? It, it depends. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depends, it depends what the next thing on the schedule is. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Oh, but like, man. I got to say, once I got into the fire department, um, the sleep's, sleep's been much better on my days off because like, before getting onto the fire department, there was the personal training from like, you know, six six a.m. to four thirty-five p.m. and then working at Coca-Cola from, you know, ten p.m. to like five thirty a.m. just to go back to the gym, right? So, like, I find that now that I'm on the fire department, it's not like a schedule everybody else is used to, you yeah. know. We'll work a 24-hour shift, have two days off, another 24-hour shift and four days off. So it's plenty of time in between to catch up on rest, take care of business, hang out with family, right? For sure. Would you say there was ever a time where that kind of schedule was like at its worst or most difficult? Uh, I got to say when my daughter was born, because like when I got on the fire department before that, I worked at Coca-Cola for five years leading up to that while working at the gym. So when my daughter was born, 
just that whole balance of, you know, working at a gym, uh, working at, you know, the Coca-Cola, coaching football, uh, spending time with my daughter, trying to spend as much time as I could with her before having to go to work and then find that time to do date night with the wife, right? And then still manage the business, right? So, yeah, like, what I would do is, like, at the gym, if I had a break in between clients, that's when I would focus on the music side of things so that when I did have a chance to take a break later on, I took that break. Man, did did that ever, or do you think that that took a toll on you in any way? You know, I think it turned out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've always I've always been the type, and I've I always believed in the idea that you put as much hard work in as you can now, so that you can relax and enjoy life later, right? So, you know, while the kids are young and still sprouting, grind, 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 so that when they hit this age, you don't have to grind as hard, but you're still gonna grind because that's what you know. It's gonna be easier, absolutely, because you're in the habit of it and you're you're well into the habit of it. Exactly. So you build you build a stage. Now it's time to dance on that stage. Absolutely, man. That's it's so funny that we're 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 ending the conversation kind of where we started. Actually, you know what? We can't end it here. We barely talked about your music. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about what we've got coming up because you told me you've got an album in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it, bro. What, when when are we gonna see it? What is the content about? I know your last track. Actually, let's let's relate it to your last track. I don't know if it does relate to your last track, but uh, correct me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. But Mamdani Trials. Correct. Um, I don't remember hearing about this in the news, but I've been tuned tuned out for a while myself. But uh, how does this event speak to you, and why write a track about it? So, because um, this 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 is a deep one, right? Because yeah. Uh, this happened back in 2006, I mean, 2016. Um, I was training, and still am, training uh, this guy named Riaz Mamdani. Oh, you were training him? Yeah. And so, like, that morning of the shooting, he was scheduled to be coming my way at the, to the gym to get trained. And he didn't show up. So, like, I didn't hear from him because, like, if he wasn't going to make it, he'll send me a text message saying he's not going to make it, or now I'm used to him showing up a little late, but that day he just didn't show up. And then later on, I see on the news, oh, shit, he got shot in front of his house. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, that's that's as deep. So, like, from that day, you know, every now and then we had, you know, investigators coming through the gym wanting to, you know, interview or investigate anybody who trained them or had contact with them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And like, you know, it was was one of those moments where it's like, I've been training this dude for years leading up to this. And now this happens. I'm like, whoa, let's try it. Yeah, exactly. So like right away when I found out what happened, you know, I sent him a text message like every day just to check up on him until he, you know, came to a bit of recovery and then finally responded back. I was like, you know, my text messages were pretty much like, hey, how's it going? Just call and check on you, see how you're doing and whatnot. And if you need anything, just let me know. And when you're ready to get back going, let me know. I'll be there for you and help you out with your physio or whatever. Yeah. So when he finally did get back on his feet and ready to go, I was the guy he contacted. And, you know, I've been training him at his place since then. And I helped rebuild him 
from that incident to where he is yeah. now. And I find he's much stronger as a person physically and mentally now, right? So Man. with that song, like, I had this beat in my head. I had this beat going for a minute. And, you know, just the conversations we had about the event and where he was in his life, you know, and, like, being this far later after the event, I felt it was, you know, time. And, like, he felt it was time, too, to, I don't know, find a way to bring it up again, right? Just, yeah. You know, because he felt like him surviving that incident was a calling to say that his work here isn't done. For sure. So I asked him for permission to, you know, write about the incident and write about, talk about where he is now in his life. Right. So that's where, you know, like a boss came up. It's like, you know, people weren't happy with the success he was having then. Uh, then, you know, the traumatic incident happened. He was able to bounce back and he bounced back stronger than he ever was. So the whole idea was, you know, I'm going to do this, do this, do this, and keep going. You know, I'm going to build myself up more and more like a boss. For real. I got to ask, how long uh, was he in uh, critical condition, or was he? Yeah, he he, he was in pretty uh, rough shape for, I want to say, a good three months. Three months. Yeah. When did they get him like stable and like we're sure that he was gonna live? Um, because you don't get shot six times and just like be guaranteed life, right? Or I don't know. That's just my assumptions. Yeah, I think it took a, a couple. I think it, I think it took a little bit. Like it was maybe two weeks. Because like you know when they realized like you know he's gonna be fine. Just a bit of reconstruction here or For there, sure. right? Because. At the end of the day, what saved his life was this uh, titanium, uh, what do you call it? The titanium card. No way. Yeah. So he has titanium card in his chest pocket. What? And the bullet was a 45, and it saved him. Like, the bullet hit the card. No way. What's the titanium card for? The American Express. No way. Yeah. Titanium American Express. That's that that even makes the song like it gives more meaning to the song too, and the, the like a boss thing. Yeah, yeah. That that's wild, dude. No, wait till you see the artwork I come out with. Oh hell yeah, hell <laughs> yeah! I'm excited. Yeah, let's talk about what you've got coming up. So let's talk about that album. Does it relate to kind of the same themes that you're going for for these? Uh, even in your more recent tracks, Family Matters and Dear Mama, you've got a very like a uh, homey vibe, and I can tell that these recent pieces of work they're all very close to you. Yeah, yeah. So like with this album, the the basis behind this album is all about survival, right? Because at the end of the day, going through what I went through and being where I am today, and even like, you know, collaborating with, you know, say my friend who had his, you know, incident, right? You know, the conversation we had between the two of us was, you know what, it's time to put something out there, you know, genuinely about survival and family and you know, strength and the ability to bounce back. So, like, what I talk about in this album is basically 
one, the album's called Black Card. I'm going to put that out there for you now because I haven't told anybody yet. Yeah. So the album's called Black Card Music. And the idea behind Black Card Music is growing up in the hood, like, you had the right to a black card. That's what we call it. Until you gave up that black card. So that's pretty much being black in the hood, right? And then you have the other side of that black card where when people hear black card, they think, oh, it's, you know, all about money, yeah. right? So Word. this album kind of plays, you know, devil, devil's advocate on both sides where on one instance, you're talking about, you know, what made me who I am, why I still have my black card and why I will continue to keep my black card and won't sacrifice that just to please other people, all right? It's yes, just, sir. Yeah, so it's just like one of those things where I survived the hood, you know, with my black card, and I was able to, I don't know, I was able to use what I grew up with and learned to help other people out. For so, sure, man. I guess yeah. at the end of the day, what makes me rich on the other black car side of things is the things I've gained over the years, life lessons, knowledge, um, family. Like that's what's more valued to valuable to me. For real, bro. Again, it goes back to where we started. It's uh, no regrets from where we came from. You, you you can see both sides of the fence and you still have uh, credit and credibility and, and accountability to both sides as well. Yeah. We are reaching into overtime here, though. Is there anything that you want to sign off on and say to anybody that's listening right now? Uh, hmm. What I want to say is, uh, one, this is your boy Willie Snipes, Corner Boy Music CEO. And uh, I want to thank you guys for you know allowing me to get on your podcast and Absolutely. share a little knowledge, share a little wealth, mental wealth. And I just hope that you guys are there to check out what's to come because we're about to make it rain around here. Absolutely, bro. I can see your motives and I, I, I'm I'm digging the guy behind the music, man. Not only do I enjoy the music as well, but this conversation is very, I've learned a lot and I'm excited to see what's to come. Yeah, well, I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Willie Snipes. It was great chatting with you, eh? Likewise. All right, take care, brother. All right, you too. All right, peace. Later. Thank you for tuning into this episode with Willie Snipes. We really appreciate your continued support and love for what we do. We will continue to interview artists. I know our release schedule has been kind of up and down, but we're working on it. We're hustling, we're grinding, we're making moves in many different directions, and hopefully you'll stay tuned and keep along with the journey with us. Um, best way to stay in touch is through our Instagram currently. We're on other social media platforms as well, at Reevolve Media. And we are going to leave you with another track by Willie Snipes. It is titled Mamdani Trials. Enjoy and take care. Corner Boy Music. One man remains in critical but stable condition following the shooting early this morning in Mount Royal. We have released new information and photos in connection with the near fatal 2016 shooting. Approximately 05 a.m., we were called to the block of 7th Street Southwest. We all know the story. Pull up in that Bentley, 
The boy shot the tape, what the fuck ahead did me? Now these rappers talking shit, keep the haters on my dick And say I'm well established like I'm breaking down a bridge Yeah, I'm breaking down your shit, let me break it till you quit Got shot six times, but couldn't finish the job Now I'm back on my grind, tell me what are the odds I put a hit out on my head, I told him double the charge Five on my whereabouts Check my status, hey. affiliations, crime occupations. Told them when you making moves and come with the heat. Never been the type to fold, always rose to my feet. Like a boss. Like a boss. By the nature of this attack, Cow shot. Is Every day I wake up, give thanks like a boss. Cow shots like a boss. Make moves like a boss. In and out of the field, I put my weight like a boss. Move whips like a boss. Take trips like a boss. Every day I give thanks for a drink like a boss. Rule number one is that I ain't no John. I'm pulling up 20 deep. You can call it the mob. What type of boss? I'm taking loss. You either shoot or get shot. I got a house up on the hill so big it take up a block. What's secured at the gates? No new friends cause they fake. Shit, blood, sweat, and tears. That's how you build in the state. Got my mind on the money. Money on my mind. And yeah, the family gotta eat. So I stay on the grind. Look at me, a model now, coaching all the ballers now. Riding so clean, you need a referee to calm it down. Phantom of the goals, I'm the man you wanna know. Eating roast, Kapoi, you want a motherfucking boat like a boss. He later recovered physically from his injuries. Like a boss. Cow shots. Hey. Hey. Every day I wake up, give thanks like a boss. Cow shots like a boss. Make moves like a boss. In and out of the field, I put my weight like a boss. Move whips like a boss. Take trips like a boss. Every day I give thanks for a drink like a boss. Premium credit card was in the pocket of a suit vest, being worn by the victim at the time of the shooting. These photos show how violent this encounter was.